Ladies, do you have your tickets for the biggest gut healing event here on the West Coast that's coming up really soon? Kale Brock and the wellness women, Dr. Ashley and myself, are presenting the Heal Your Gut Workshop here in Perth on the 18th of November. This is gonna be a massive event. The tickets are selling out really fast. If you haven't got your ticket yet and you're a Perth local, make sure you do. You can uh, find the links on our Facebook page, forward, facebook.com forward slash The Wellness Women, or just go to Eventbrite and search Heal Your Gut. This is an event that is absolutely not to be missed. So if you have any questions about gut health, your immune system, how your gut health also influences your brain, um, which might include things like your mood, depression, anxiety, any of those sorts of questions, then make sure you come along because they're all gonna be answered on the night. And of course, because it's a topic that I'm so obsessed with, I'm definitely gonna be delving into how your gut health affects your hormones. So ladies, don't miss out. Make sure you've got your tickets. TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to Wellness Women Radio for the women with big dreams who dare to be different and who want to thrive in health, work and play. Dr. Ashley Bond and Dr. Andrea Huddleston bring you a weekly podcast to help you master true health and create an exceptional life. Wonderful ladies, welcome back to this week's episode of Wellness Women Radio. I'm Ashley. And I'm Andrea. And this week, we have to say thank you to Gemma from Victoria. She's given us the inspiration to have a, a grand old chat about this topic that uh, affects 90% of women, and it's an issue that hits the cover of most women's health magazines, not to mention all the tabloid mags. And um, unfortunately, we think it's responsible for a lot of body shaming in women. So we are talking about this week about cellulite. Now, whatever you want to call it, orange peel skin, dimples, wrinkles. Most women don't like it, and this week we can dive into what it is, um, what causes it, some of the ways you can help to avoid it, and some of the solutions if you do already have it. So, look, it's such an easy thing to think we can just use pills, potions, creams, and lasers and all sorts of things to get rid of cellulite, but this week we're going to talk about a little bit why that happens. But, Andrea, I mean, how disappointed are we when we see the cover of Women's Health magazines? I think it's disgusting. Like everybody's body shaming. And I know that you all know what we're talking about. It might be the front page of one of those trashy magazines where it zooms in on some gorgeous woman's butt, or it might be the top of her thighs. And then there's a big white circle around it. And then there's a an amplified image next to it showing that she's got a little bit of cellulite. Um, most women do. In fact, like you said, Ash, 90% of women have cellulite as opposed to only 10% of men, which I think is completely unfair. <laughs> but you know what? There's very good reasons for that as well. And even women who don't have overt signs of cellulite, which might be the the dimples, like you said, or, or the slight lumpy skin um, that you know might look like orange peel, or some people refer to it as cottage cheese, which I think these are all awful images. If Even if you don't have those overt signs of it, even some women have microscopic levels of, um, you know, cellulite that's under the surface anyway. So pretty much all of us have it. Uh, it can be caused by a whole bunch of different things. So I'm going to delve into that today. And before you go running to have liposuction or really invasive surgeries or expensive treatments, there's a few things that we can suggest that might actually help you to shift it. Um, there's a lot of sources out there that cite lots of different wonder cures and they say they work quite quickly. So we thought we might even put some of these to the test and see if we can get you involved as well. Yeah, look, most people want to get rid of it because uh, look, 
I think the truth is, though, it doesn't mean you're overweight. I have seen super, super skinny models with cellulite amplified, like you just mentioned, and it seems to be the, you know, bane of existence for for models and, and movie stars who have to be, you know, snapped in on the beach on their, their normal beach holidays. And I think it's so unfair, um, which makes the rest of us feel really crappy because I don't know about you, but I know I've certainly seen those magazines. <laughs> I don't know if it's because of them or just because it's in my head that I go home, grab a mirror so I can double back on the mirror to have a look at my back from the back profile to be like, do I have that too? Um, Truth is I do. So then it's like, oh, you know, and you have to work out whether you're okay with it or whether you feel like then become ashamed of it, whether you start changing Mm -hmm. the clothing you wear. I mean, I know certainly for a period of time there, just being a bit self-conscious, it's almost like I want to wear longer shorts because then at least wouldn't show that very top part of my leg that seems to have more of it there. Um, and unfortunately for women, it tends to deposit in areas that we do expose. So the legs around the knees, um, back of the arms. If you like wearing a bikini, well, you know, you might see some around your belly or, or the side of the hips. Um, mm-hmm. So it can be something that can really take, I guess, your self-esteem down a notch. But if you realize that firstly, it doesn't mean you're overweight, it's a, a normal deposit of fat. And unfortunately, you know, it's just the way in which it deposits underneath the skin that gives an appearance change. Mm-hmm. Um, because what's really happening is the fat appears bumpy as it's pushing up through the skin tissue. And that's what gives you those little dimples. But we'll explain that um, a little bit further. So I think the key there is, ladies, if you do have it, let's talk about some ways you can either get cool with it or find some strategies to maybe reduce it slightly because um, I don't know if I want to blow the the end result here, but I'm going to tell you one thing, that there is no permanent cellulite treatment right now. And uh, I, I think don't switch off just yet. Please don't switch off. But I'll give you some ideas on how you can actually have some temporary, you know, changes in cellulite because mm-hmm. I know we all want a permanent solution. Um, but, yeah, the research says sad but true. There is nothing permanent at this stage. Not to say never, but just, um, yeah, we're, we really have found, I guess, a variety of temporary solutions, which done repeatedly can appear quite permanent. So, <laughs> yeah. And, but, you know, Ash, that's true of all things. There's no magic pill for health. And I guess, unfortunately, it's probably true for this as well. Um, before we go into the causes of cellulite, because there are actually some things that mean some people are going to be more prone to it than others. Um, I like what you said about let's kind of just get okay with the way it is right now. As women, um, because we are so hypercritical of ourselves, we tend to, you know, like you said, back up into the mirror and zone in on the areas that might have, even if it's the tiniest little dimple, and all of a sudden that changes our entire self-esteem and our whole body outlook. Oh. I was, I was grabbing my butt and lifting the cheek to see, to see if it would stretch it out. That's so funny. And and you know what? But, hey, hey, it's so real too. I'm sure, ladies, you're listening and you're laughing because I know some of you must have done this too. I can't be the only one. And it doesn't matter for me what size I am, how fit I am, how um, low I've actually got my body fat percentage. I have a permanent indentation on my right thigh that's like mid thigh that is just like it's just permanent it looks like someone's put a a fingerprint like you know and pushed in there and for the longest time I've hated it and I thought it's oh I need to do more exercise I need to lose weight I need to lose weight but you know it's there irrespective of what I do um so you know I've just come to accept the fact that that is just the way the contour of my leg um which I think is quite funny uh but remember that when someone who loves you is looking at you they're taking in your whole picture in all of its glory they're not 
honing in on those tiny little areas that you're self-conscious about. Um, so let's just, you know, kind of dial back a bit and not be so obsessive about those tiny little lumps and bumps because we absolutely all have them. We do. And I think now let's talk about the th- I, why. I mean, why cellulite? What, what does it get there for? Why does it go there? Um, does it have any functional purpose? Because unfortunately, we'd like to think that everything on our body has an absolute function and therefore is necessary. But uh, the reality is cellulite doesn't really have uh, a necessary function, so to speak, but it does tend to deposit in areas where women do have need for fat. So there's three key issues involved in cellulite, and that is the mm-hmm. fat cells, the collagen fibers in the like the elasticized part of the tissue and then circulation. So we're going to break into those and just talk about the key areas involved in cellulite because treatment mm-hmm. or I guess preventative strategies have to target all three. Mm-hmm. Um, because a lot of treatments, sadly, the things that have been spruiked on, you know, mid- midday TV shows, selling stuff, you know, info cell, tele cell, um, they often only target one or maybe two of those components you know, either the fat cell or the collagen or the circulation, but really it's going to require an approach that targets all three. Mm. So let's have a think about this. Um, Look, I think there's a clear link that women suffer with more cellulite than men. And the really lovely little thing of that is we can actually thank the hormone of estrogen. Mm. <laughs> so the very thing that makes us womanly is uh, is the thing we can thank for for cellulite. And because men have less estrogen, of course, their fat layers are different in their body. Um, we have three layers as females. Men have one major adipose layer. And that's why we're mo- more prone to cellulite. Um, Andrew, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, you're absolutely right. And estrogen is the hormone that gives us our womanly shape. So it deposits the fat around our hips and bum. Um, and, you know, obviously the thighs and the upper thigh as well. So when we're more estrogen dominant, this is where we tend to gain more weight, so more fat tissue. And it's the fat tissue that it becomes, you know, that, that can have that cellulite appearance. Um, insulin also plays a big role in cellulite production as well. So inappropriate insulin responses, which is going to tie very much into your diet, but we'll go into that a bit later, um, as well as your stress responses and your thyroid hormone levels, even your prolactin levels. Um, you know, we won't go much into that right now, but it's definitely very much a hormonal um, picture. That means that's why women get it more than men. Um, it's not sexist, unfortunately. It's just, you know, part of our hormonal makeup. Yeah, it is. Um, and, you know, some some for some women, it's also genetic. There are certainly some uh, races and cultures that have different fat distributions, which mean that they're less prone to cellulite as well, um, which I think is amazing. Lucky them. Um, and they're also their circulatory system is also a little bit different, which means that their circulation may be better in some cultures than what it is in others. And that's just part of their genetic makeup. Um, however, there's also a really big diet and lifestyle factor that plays into why some women produce cellulite um, more so than others. Um, And like you said, Ash, collagen 
has a huge role to play. So collagen is the elasticity and it's that structure of your skin and your tissue that maintains, um, you know, it's good sort of plump appearance. Um, when As we age, we tend to lose collagen. That's why we get wrinkles. Um, that's why our skin doesn't have that, you know, youthful plump anymore. Um, but funnily enough, estrogen also plays into the beautiful plumping of our skin, which keeps us looking younger, but then too much of it <laughs> kind of produces help, aids to produce cellulite. So it's kind of that, that catch 22 there. Yeah. Oh, look, and estrogen, we love it because, yeah, it makes us feminine, but mm-hmm. unfortunately it also um, makes fat. You know, it deposits fat, and this is why the guys have the unfair advantage because t- testosterone tends to break down fat. Um, so, look, I hate to say it, but a woman's body is basically genetically designed to be a place for cellulite to develop because the fat is simply sitting there in layers of the skin. Um, and they talk about, you know, some ratios in regards to that, and women have a nine-to-one ratio of these receptors in the fat cells, whereas men have a one-to-one ratio. And you said, okay, so we're nine times more likely to deposit fat around the hips, bum, thighs than the guys are. Mm-hmm. However, interestingly, though, guys who are saying to have effects of estrogens or xenoestrogens, those hormone mimickers, then start to deposit in female distribution. Mm-hmm. And that's why you start to see guys with gynecomastia, like the the breast development, and you know, plump big bums and and, and leg fat and and some lower tummy and muffin tops, yeah, and you know the the sort of forward belly male type fat distribution. Yeah, it definitely resembles more of that that feminine um, kind of look, I guess. Yeah, and too uh, much yeah too much estrogen makes fat cells larger. They plump out, they get bigger, and mm-hmm. that's part of the problem. Is that when your fat cells enlarge and they get towards a, a they're at I guess their full size, they actually stimulate um what they call preadipocytes, which then develop a new form of adipose, which is another layer of fat cells. So when your kind of cells getting big enough and it's filled out and it can't fit any more adipose tissue in it, it's gonna make more of those cells. So it can be this really nasty, vicious cycle because estrogen stimulates those preadipocytes. And then, of course, fat makes more fat. And it's just like, oh, damn it. How do we, do, how do we break that cycle? And that's why, you know, in the more superficial layers of the skin, the actual adipose tissues, so the fat cells are pushing through where there's weaknesses in the collagen wall of the skin. Mm-hmm. And this is the unfair advantage of guys too, because the guys have, um, a collagen matrix, which is, uh, could be described as more like a chain link, chain link fence. Whereas women, we have more like a picket fence. So we don't have as many layers as this collagen matrix. But there is definitely ways to enhance that and kind of hack that process. Oh, absolutely. Um, and we'll, we'll go into that in a second. Um, there's also another uh, interesting fact that that can predispose you to cellulite, and that is mineral imbalances. So particularly sodium and potassium, which are very much responsible for your fluid balances. So when we retain more fluid, um, it can certainly increase the appearance of cellulite as well. And in particular, um, so sodium is uh, essential. For, you know, we need certain amounts of this. Um, it's involved in contraction of muscles, um, nerve stimulation, a whole bunch of other things. But if we have too much of it, especially dietary sources, it's going to make us retain fluid. Whereas if we don't have enough potassium, which is almost like a natural diuretic, it um, you know it creates an offset of that fluid balance. So we'll also talk about ways to, to hack that too, I guess. Yeah, cool. So look, I think um, if you've got a feel for what we're talking about so far, Understand that cellulite is a normal fat beneath the skin, 
However, what happens is fat cells break through the connective tissue, creating the puckered, lumpy, bumpy effect. So let's look at some of the different ways you can approach the, I guess, correction or improvement of cellulite based on the appearance. And there's four different grades of cellulite. And I know, Andrew, you've done some reading on that. What's What are the four different grades and what sort of things, um, I guess, how do you grade someone from mild to moderate to severe uh, in terms of the, the I guess, severity of cellulite? Um, oh, I, don't, I don't know how you would kind of determine that. I think dermatologists have come up with a, a grading system from um, one to three. I guess the, the fourth one would be none at all, which I think would be almost next to impossible. But grade mm. one is when there's actually no clinical symptoms, but microscopically, if you examine the cells um, from, you know, areas that detect maybe some sort of contour change, then you'll be able to see microscopic, um, you know, parts of cellulite. Grade two is cellulite that um, the skin actually changes. It might change color slightly or might have a slightly lower temperature or decreased elasticity. Um, And there might be some like, you know, slight anatomical changes as well. So I guess, you know, changing contour, maybe a little bit of softening, those sorts of things. Whereas grade three is visible roughness of the skin, kind of like that traditional orange peel, um, you know, I guess, look on examination um, and you'll also have the grade two signs as well. So the skin might be a different color and it might be a different temperature as well. And that's all to do with the circulation to the area, which changes when you do have cellulite. Um, so traditionally we all think of cellulite as that grade three. So where we actually see visible, visible signs of it, but this is why I'm saying that pretty much all women have it because there's different degrees of it as well. Um, you know, it's, it's like an, an actual dermatological sort of term that, there's a change of the fat deposits underlying the skin there. So, you know, let's not get too caught up on it um, because we've all got it. (laughs) Um, All right. So let's look at some practical solutions for how to actually change this. And some sources will actually cite that you can change it within a few days. I would love to know if that is actually the case. So ladies, if you are brave enough, I would even suggest taking some photos um, and then put some of these uh, into place, some of the things that we're going to tell you in a minute. Um, Pick a few from the list, write down what you're doing and take incremental photos and see if there's any change. Um, You know, I'll do it. I don't know if I'll actually post them on social media, but (laughs) but we'll see how we go. But if you are brave enough to, we will totally take our hat off to you. Uh, That will be amazing. But I know that this would definitely be an incredible experiment that all women would be interested in. But again, things that work for some women may not necessarily work for all of them. Um, So first and foremost, one thing that women really need to look at is making sure that they've got good supply of collagen. And the way you do that is by sourcing really good um, quality amino acids because amino acids are what support that collagen structure. Um, so dietary sources of that are your really good quality protein. Um, so, you know, for those non-vegetarians, that's your animal products, eggs, um, you know, meat, fish, chicken, all of those sorts of things. You can certainly supplement with amino acids as well. Um, vitamin C is a great booster of collagen as well. Um, and you can get that from broccoli. Uh, it's a great source of uh, vitamin C, which most people don't know. Um, what are other vitamin C rich foods? Grapefruit, um, you know, your citrus fruits like lemons and limes, especially within the pith of the, the fruit. 
Um, what else, Ash? Oh, I, to be honest, I sometimes just find that uh, if you want a quick fix and you want to go plant based, I actually use the Food Matters vitamin C powder that they sell. Um, oh, yeah. just, just a heads up because, I mean, this is not a marketing uh, <laughs> thing that we do, but more like, how do I make my life easier? Sometimes there's great products out there that just get you everything you need in, in a glass that you can mix with water. Um, so I, personally will have that because uh, then I know there's no synthetics, which is the big de- deal with taking supplements from the, you know, health food shops. Um, the question is, is it synthetic C? Is it going to actually do anything in your body? So the one I like has got plant extracts and it's powdered form, which I mix into a drink. So that could be a solution for you. That's a nice way of just getting a, a vitamin C booster if you don't have time to prepare every single meal in your day, but you want the benefits that come from that antioxidant um, collagen enhancing power of vitamin C. Yeah, great. Another really good source is the Changing Habits Vitamin C, um, mm. the Camu Camu powder, um, which they've got, which is amazing, um, and it's really ethically sourced as well. Most vitamin C is from genetically modified corn, um, which is a bit of a challenge. So I really struggle to prescribe vitamin C to my patients because of that, unless it's coming from those sorts of sources. Uh, speaking of putting things in a glass that's nice and easy, one of the best things you can do is actually consume bone broth. Um, you know, especially organic bone broth. It's really, really easy to make. It just takes a bit of time. Um, but that is a really incredible way to boost your, um, you know, your amino acid intake. Um, and you're going to be getting amazing uh, things in that as well. So there we go. Step one, <laughs> if you're trying to sort out cellulite from a, uh, a aesthetic perspective, you want to make sure it's an inside out job. So go mm-hmm. with diet changes first. And yep. Remember, it's a fat deposit. So if you can lean down your body mass, drop your BMI, um, reduce your overall body fat, then you're going to reduce the appearance of cellulite, generally speaking. Um, and I say generally because I, we can't guarantee fat comes off the body in different ways and in different layers. But I certainly know that there's great anecdotal reports plus some research that says dropping body fat will reduce the appearance of cellulite, which is fantastic. Um, if you wanted just a quick hack, and I thought this is a bit cheeky, but another research study that I showed. <laughs> cheeky, no puns. <laughs> uh-huh. um, another research that I showed uh, that, I mean, look, again, this is appearance. This is aesthetic. So it's personal opinion, and which, you know, it's jiffy. I don't know. Sometimes I think, do I really give a crap about that? Um, but the truth is that the study showed that if you have light skin, um, it tends to be more noticeable than those people with darker skin. So a quick hack to fake it, if you want to just feel an instant, like, I guess, self-esteem boost is to fake tan it. Just go and um, give yourself a little bit of bronzer, a little bit of tan on the legs. And it's amazing how it already reduces the appearance of daily light just based on the color tone of your skin. And of course, we do re- recommend that if you do apply self-tanners, choose some organic ones, try and avoid some of those chemical nasties because mm-hmm. there's no point trying to solve one thing um, and toxify the body in a different way because your skin's an organ, what you put on it, it absorbs. So please just remember. <laughs> and one of the causes of cellulite is actually uh, toxin. Um, Biotin, guess, estrogens. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> um, you know, putting spots all over you with that. Uh, with that. Um, and because we want to increase, you know, all the good fats we're having in our body to help that detoxification process, you want to make sure you've got really good omega-3 fatty acids. 
Um, so from sources like wild caught salmon, chia seeds, flax seeds, even supplementation is absolutely fine. But we need to have really, really good sources of omega-3s because the omega-6 to omega-3 ratio in our diet is way too high, which means we've got to get rid of the processed fats. So any of your canola oils, your sunflower, safflower oils um, are pretty toxic to the body. Anything that um, is cooked as well uh, or baked, I should say, um, you know, we know that coconut oil is fine on very low heats and same with a few other things, but make sure that you've got a really good quality omega-3 regime in your diet every single day. Um, I think definitely the best source is your wild-caught salmon. Yeah, definitely. And interestingly, by lowering inflammation in the body too, um, inflammation forces fluids into in, what they call interstitial tissue, which is the the liquids between the cells. So cells are not just there, they're sort of floating around in matrix of, of fluids. And that interstitial fluid is um, increased if you've got inflammation. So mm-hmm. reducing inflammation can reduce that fluid level, which also takes the puffiness out of the tissues um, and can already make you look like you've lost some weight and get rid of some of the puffiness around those fat cells, which can exacerbate cellulite. So that that was an interesting one that, you know, even just reducing inflammation of the body can actually reduce the appearance of cellulite. So again, dietary first, ladies, if you've got an issue with this, look towards mother nature and the foods you're eating and the foods mm-hmm. you're putting in. Um, and just remember, you need to have your body functioning really, really well on a detoxification level um, to reduce and remove toxins, which store in fat cells. And that's why your body also holds fat in and around the midline, because it's trying to protect you from poisoning yourself and it'll store those toxins in that fat layer. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And when we talk about foods, um, so I mentioned the um, mineral balances for your body, so particularly looking at sodium and potassium. So you want to really load up on potassium and decrease your sodium intake. So your table Mm. salts, those sorts of things are going to make you retain fluid. Um, Whereas your potassium-rich foods are things like bananas, sweet potato, parsley, um, coriander or cilantro. Um, Those sort of sources are really high in potassium. You can also supplement with tissue salts. Um, but try, you know, your really good quality food sources first. Um, when you mentioned weight loss, Ash, you know, something that's going to aid that is, you know, and very unsurprisingly here is exercise. And we're not saying that you have to work out for hours a day, um, but definitely a lack of exercise and lack of movement can increase your chances of having cellulite. So even just three days a week of 20 minutes a day um, for those three days, so only an hour a week has been shown to reduce the appearance of cellulite, which is amazing. So we're not even asking for a massive commitment. I certainly would love to see everybody moving their bodies every day, even if it's incidental exercise. Um, And for the things that have been shown to be best for cellulite reduction are things like burst training, your high intensity interval training, uh, Pilates, uh, weight training. So using either body weights or weighted exercises um, and bar training B-A-R-R-E exercises and those sorts of things as well have been shown to be the best so far. Ash, do you have any exercise suggestions? Look, I think I agree with all of those. Um, And this fits into, when we talked about, whenever you're trying to think about how to approach this particular problem, you're trying to think of three things. How do we reduce the fat? Mm -hmm. How do we increase collagen? And how do we increase circulation? And here's your exercise component. This is increasing circulation. So you're getting great blood flow in through the body, enhancing the way in which lymphatic systems are going to function because lymphatic stasis, meaning just being sloppy and lethargic, is proven to be a key uh, component of cellular, uh, I guess, plumping, which is in this case the cellulite. So, and I just 
I don't think we differentiate. Cellulite and cellulitis are very different too, by the way. I, I know oh, someone yes, mentioned yes. this once yep. and I was like, cellulitis? No, that's different. Cellulitis is an inflammation in the skin fat layer. That's, you know, medical. That goes to your doctor if that's a concern. And it's important that, you know, it's not <laughs> cellulite and cellulitis are not the same thing. So if someone has yeah, told you it's absolutely. cellulitis, different approach. Please speak to your medical doctors. It could be bacterial infection and that's something very different to look at. Um, but we're talking about cellulite. We're talking about the, the non-harmful, simply the fat excess that we don't want to look at. Yeah, definitely. Um, now, I love that you were talking about um, that that, lymph, that yeah. lymphatic flow yeah. um, because all of the very high-tech expensive treatments for actually treating cellulite all focuses on mm-hmm. typically two things, so lymphatic flow and increasing circulation and mm-hmm. also heat. Yep. So I've read a whole bunch of clinical trials while we were preparing for this episode, you know, doing my research, and there is a whole host of research, peer-reviewed journals, journals, meta-analysis, all about, you know, cellulite. This is incredible. This is obviously like big business. And ultimately, they focus on, you know, heat and lymphatic drainage or, um, you know, increasing that circulation. Um, I think that you could even try and do this at home yourself without trying to, you know, put a vacuum on you or or heat up the tissue. But for something like, um, you know, increasing the lymphatic drainage with self-massage, body brushing, um, you know, really getting in there in the shower when, you know, if you're, if you're washing yourself or you're putting moisturizer on, then really increase the circulation to that area, um, you know, get some really good blood flow, which is also why exercise is really effective as well. Um, there's also the idea of infrared saunas, which I love, you know, they really heat up the body tissue from the inside out, which can be very beneficial. So if you've got access to an infrared sauna, I would certainly suggest just go give that a whirl and then afterwards do some good exercise or some movement, get some massage into the area, try the body brushing every single day uh, and see if it makes a difference to you um, before you go off and spend a, a fortune on some of these other just, you know, purely aesthetic uh, treatments. And they are a fortune too. I was reading the cost of some of these things. Like uh, it's tre- treatment sessions can be $150 a session and you need at least three sessions a week for a period of a couple of months. And I'm like, wow, that's uh, that's big dollars because there's also no guarantees there. And um, interestingly as well, they will say that it requires ongoing because all of these solutions are temporary. So mm-hmm. um, I think I love the idea, infrared sauna or just, you know, heating the body up, staying in the shower is fine too, vigorously rubbing through all the tissues in the legs, um, you know, stroking back up towards the heart, increasing that lymphatic drainage. Mm-hmm. Um, all problem areas of the body, really giving it a good, deep, vigorous rub. Imagine if you do that every day, twice a day, applying moisturizer or having a shower. Um, it's certainly going to increase the circulation. It's certainly going to increase lymphatic function and it may help reduce the cellulite appearance, which would be pretty cool because that's a non-invasive mm-hmm. procedure, which is really, really awesome. And we're all about not interfering with the body, trying not to poke it, jab it, stab it, um, cut it, <laughs> like all these things that tend to happen. Oh, yeah, definitely. Which draws um, me into the whole liposuction thing because when you look at that, it's an absolute myth that it affects cellulite. Um, mm-hmm. It's even the American Institute of Dermatology have said don't use uh, liposuction if you're trying to deal with cellulite because whilst it does remove the deeper layers of fat, the superficial layers where the cellulite is are not affected and actually may worsen the appearance. So if somewhere along the way someone said to you, oh, maybe cellulite will help the the uh, appearance of 
cell, sorry, maybe <laughs> start that again. Maybe <laughs> liposuction will help uh-huh. cellular appearance. Um, truth is no, that's not the case. And there's no science to support that. And so is um, what we found with the anti-cellulite creams. There is absolutely no scientific research or data that supports um, the use of anti-cellulite creams and whether or not that, you know, there's there's absolutely no research that shows that they're effective. So, ladies, as far as we're concerned, um, there's been no, you know, good data, so don't waste your money on those sorts of things. Um, Okay, so let's do a recap of the things that – we know can help. Uh, so not surprisingly, diet. Make sure it's really rich and you're really good potassium-rich foods. Um, lots of your vitamin C-rich foods as well, uh, which we mentioned before, but you know, just to recap again. So kiwi fruit, tomatoes, grapefruit, broccoli, um, your know, citrus fruits, those sorts of things. Uh, make sure you're having your bone broth, not just to, you know, aid with fat reduction or cellulite, but just because it's such a great thing for your gut health as well. Um, and you know, gut health is, is all the rage right now. And we'll talk a bit more about that later. Um, get some good exercise. We need to be moving our bodies every single day. Um, the best things that have been shown to help reduce the appearance of cellulite are burst training, high intensity interval trainings, weight training, Pilates and bar. That's, that's, you know, what we know so far, give yourself a bit of a heat and circulation treatment. So get out in the sun, um, Try an infrared sauna, a good hot shower with some good massaging and body brushing as well. Um, Ash, is there anything else that I've left off that list? Look, that's it. Targeting fat, okay, increasing Mm -hmm. collagen and increasing circulation. So there's no permanent cellulite solution. So that's the sad news, I guess, of this episode. Um, But the good news is we're all healthy. We're all wonderful. Fat and cellulite is not an indicator of, I mean, the fat cells in the cellulite does not indicate there's something wrong with you, that um, you're, you know, you're weird and the way the body's depositing it. It's a normal womanly concern. Um, Unfortunately, some of us suffer more with it than others. And of course, that does have a detrimental effect on self-esteem if you let it. So uh, I guess I don't know what the solution there on the self-esteem front would be. I think the key is to introduce some rituals that uh, are affirmations of self-love. For me, if that's the if that's the issue and you're trying all these things and you're doing your very best and you don't feel as though anything's working for you, um, and let's just say you have tried the big money uh, spenders of cellulite solutions and they still haven't worked for you, please don't uh, think that there's something wrong with you. Start working on the things that you do have control of and that is how you feel about yourself and that's an inside-out job again. So remember to tell yourself you're beautiful and wonderful mm-hmm. just as you are. Um, because we're so much more than, yeah. you know, a few lumps and bumps on our butt and our thighs. You know, that absolutely by no, you know, no way at all defines who we are. No, damn the Women's Day magazines. Damn the the Women's Health magazines that tell us that we should be worried about this. Um, And I'm really disappointed. Like this week, news and media are going gaga over um, poor Kate Fisher, who I say poor because why the heck does she want to get thrown in the spotlight? Former model, but then she's put on weight. And so she happens to go out to the mail wrapped in a bath sheet. Maybe I wouldn't probably do, (laughs) sorry, wrapped in a bed sheet. Um, But I would still go to the mail without makeup on and, you know, not dressed to my bed. 
hers, but how dare they go out to her house and paparazzi her and take photographs and throw her on the, you know, spread on the front page of a magazine. I mean, that's just And choose the most unflattering photos and the most unflattering angles and, you know, post those and then shame her for that. Mean, mean, mean. Ladies, you look after each other. That's my my big motto for this week is when I saw that, I thought, how dare they? Women's magazines shaming and, and, and hurting the images of women. That's not what we're here for. Um, so, ladies, love each other and love your friends. Remind them they're beautiful as they are if they're really, really hung up on this. Um, mm-hmm. Help them choose clothes that are flattering. If that's, you know, if it's not a solution that can be something that can be changed, um, you can also dress to your body type. That's another beautiful way of feeling really great about yourself. Um, just choosing the right lengths of dresses and cuts can make you feel really glam and uh, take away that self-consciousness that happens. So, um, for me, it's also just choosing beautiful clothes that fit your body type because we're all so very different. Beautiful. All right. So ladies, if you want to embark on a bit of a journey with us on this, feel free to take a couple of pickies, um, you know, do it standing in the same place in, you know, your bikini or your underwear, whatever it is. Um, these can be for your eyes only. Um, try a few of the things that we've suggested. Try upping your physical activity. Try changing your diet a little bit with some of the suggestions that we've made and maybe doing the, the heat and circulation. Oh, See not how maybe. Long you- absolutely, absolutely yeah. do the heat circulation. That's like for yeah, me, okay. it was no, sorry. Like, yeah, definitely. You're like you've right. got to, got to get <laughs> lymphatic going. So I would say you need to do it at least two times a day, you know, be rubbing vis- <laughs> vigorously in the areas that are affected by cellulite. Um, and then uh, take some before and afters and see if there's any change. See if it works for you. And then we would love to hear from you. Um, let us know if anything has changed. Let us know if it works. If you're brave enough, send us your photos because we would love to see the change. We'd love to know what works for you. And ladies, if you've tried anything that has been a real shift for you in this department, let us know. But remember, all women are absolutely beautiful. Um, and, you know, these lumps and bumps do not define you. Um, before we lead off here, I know that, you know, some of the things that we've mentioned here, a lot of it ties back into gut health and your gut health is so integral to your detoxification pathways, um, the ability for you to absorb nutrients, including those amino acids and producing the collagen that you need for your skin elasticity, um, but also, you know, to maintain healthy um, metabolism and detoxification, like I've, you know, just said. So, ladies in Perth, on the 18th of November, we're having our Heal Your Gut event with the incredible Kale Brock. If you haven't got your tickets yet, then I would get online right now. You can find links from our Facebook page or just go to Eventbrite um, and search Heal Your Gut Perth. Um, It's going to be a jam-packed event. We're getting close to selling out, so I don't want you to miss out. Make sure you're there with your girlfriends uh, because we would love to meet you as well. Oh, look, cellulite sisters and ladies around the world, we want to, <laughs> we want to meet you, but it's also just great. I'm sure this is a shameless plug, but we know how important it is. And I can tell you this much. There is nothing like live learning events. It's great to be listening as you travel in the car, but when you're solely focused, you're connecting, you're seeing someone's face, you've got handouts, you've got information in front of you. It's amazing how much more that can just push you that step towards action. So if you haven't been to a live event, um, I want you to get into this gut health comp sort of, I guess, our night because it's going to be really cool. Kale's amazing. We're going to have a lot of fun. We're going to share a lot of great info and really, we really look forward to seeing you there. So ladies, We hope you've loved this episode and uh, we wish you all a very wonderful week. Be well. 
This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.